Hello, hello, and welcome to today's episode of Saddest Night Out. My name is Roy, and I am the host of this daily podcast, and it's primarily about music and creative culture in London. And once again, my next live show is Tuesday, the 20th of August, at Road Trip and the Workshop on Old Street. I will be playing with Izzy, Kin Soul, and Rose White and Jack. That is Saddest Night Out Live, number three. Tuesday, 20th of August, at Old Trip and the Workshop. Free entry on Old Street, 7.30, doors open. It would be great to see some of you there. The past few episodes have had a bit of a theme. They've all been with performers who really respect and appreciate the relationship that they have with their audience. Today's conversation is with someone who doesn't require or desire to have an audience. Their art is incredibly personal. I'm speaking to Nicole. She works at the King's Head. She once performed with me at one of the open mics when we had a particularly quiet one, and I thought she was great, but I could see that she felt particularly nervous about being on stage. And I remember another time after that, she mentioned that she dances. She has taken dance classes in the past. So I arrived at the King's Head early, and she was on her break, so it seemed like a perfect opportunity to ask very politely if she would like to be on the podcast to talk about her dancing. And she was kind enough to say yes. So this is me talking to Nicole from the King's Head, at the King's Head, about her dancing and why her dance floor is for her and her alone. Enjoy this chat and I'll catch up with you afterwards. It's Friday, so of course we're in the King's Head. It's the quiet before the storm. I've still got about half an hour before I have to set up. And I'm here with one of the people who is ever so kind as to host us on these evenings. Would you kindly introduce yourself to the listeners? Yeah, I'm Nicole and I work at the King's Head. Now, before you worked at the King's Head, at least I'm assuming it's before you worked at the King's Head, you dabbled in dancing, is that right? Yes. So how much did you dabble? When did your dancing career start? Well, I did ballet for a year and a half when I was younger. I remember my mum made me do it. And when I get made to do something, I end up hating it. So she, I hated it so much. She was sick of me doing it and she made me quit. She let me quit. And then I remember afterwards, I completely regret quitting it because towards the end of it, I was just like really loving it. But I was so like, I get my own way now. She's actually listening to me and just like, I'm very stubborn. Sometimes so stubborn that I actually hurt myself. So you were so hell-bent on quitting yeah. that once she let you, it actually seemed like a fun thing, but it was too late, you decided to quit yeah. and you had to see it through. Yeah. So was that all the dance you ever did or was there any other dance? No, afterwards, uh, a few years later, I was I went started street dance classes in my school. I really loved them. You know, I did, like, every Saturday morning, I'd be waking my mum up to drop me off to, um, to do it. And she used to get so annoyed because she used to be able to sleep in on Saturdays. And could she, not anymore, so. <laughs> Nicole's banging on the door. Yes. Gotta get to class. So, how long did you say you did that for? I did it for about four years. Any performances? Uh, no, I didn't. I wasn't really in the performing kind of mood. I just did it because it was something that I love to do. And, you know, just even hearing a beat, still like, you know, I just want to move straight away. So I love going clubbing. But I love it after a few drinks because I'm also very shy. <laughs> so you love the, the form of dancing, but not so much being on stage. Yeah. So was this like, after ballet, there was still some sort of hunger for dancing? Yeah. And as soon as I saw the classes and a few of my friends were doing it, I'm just like, yeah, why not? And then my friends gave up on it, but I just wanted to keep going. At that point, I'm just like, I'm not quitting. And was it after ballet, was street dance a lot easier for you? 
What I like to do actually is um, my teacher, she was like very lovely and some days it'd be only like me and her in the classroom. So what I would do is, because she did, she was um, really good at street dance, I asked like can we do a bit of a mixture, like a bit of a contemporary mix and a bit of ballet with the street dance and she was really into it. So whenever it was just um, me and her in the class or sometimes I'd stay behind afterwards with her, we'd kind of just like mesh, we'd just see where it takes us, you know. It seems like you had a much deeper connection to the dancing than just like these are the types of moves you do. Yeah. Was it like a form of expression for you then? It was, yeah. And actually, even now, like it's if I ever feel really stressed out, I put someone some loud music and dance away. It's like a form of therapy for me. What type? Of, what type of loud music would you tend to put on? I like something with a beat, but I do like something slow. I, I kind of mix my playlist up a bit you know sometimes I like doing like a slow just ballet sometimes I like doing just plain street dance sometimes I like to have something that is between the two and just freestyle whatever it is you're doing and freestyle just even just close my eyes and just like let all my emotions out there wow I'm guessing you need some space around you so you don't absolutely knock anything over actually no I'm very good at avoiding things you know and my agility is on point that's impressive now ballet I have a very rough idea of what it is like plie and ballet shoes and pirouettes and things like that. Yeah. Street dance, I can nod and smile when someone says they do it, but I don't actually, what makes it street, first of all? That's a very good question. I'm not very good at the, def- I would not okay. know the definition of that. Um, but so what yeah. type of music would you typically dance to in those classes? I kind of dance to, again, my teacher, because she liked to kind of explore different avenues. She wasn't so like strict regimen of how it should be. She'd always kind of bring new music to the class every week. She was really into it. She'd do her research about it and she'd just bring in whatever she'd bring in. It'd be just a great time because she was really into it. And is it in London that you've always had your dancing career? Yes, in London. So have you lived in London your whole life? Yes. As well as dancing to music, have you ever made any music? No, I, I I learned the flute in school, that's about as far as I can go. I, I bought an acoustic guitar to try to learn, but I'm just like, you know, my fingers are sore and I'm just like, I'm just not getting into this. Even when I was doing the flute, you know, like how you read the music? Mm-hmm. My teacher was trying to get me to learn how to read the music, I'm just like, it's going in through one ear, out the other. It's just something that doesn't interest me. Well, there was at least one point of interest because you and I shared a stage not too long ago. Do you remember what song it was that we did together? Yeah, Ho Hey by The Luminaires. Have you ever been on stage performing before? No. Never? Never dance, never music, nothing? No. How did it feel getting on stage that one time? Oh my god, the adrenaline rush was amazing. But my hand, because I was holding the phone up to the lyrics. I knew the lyrics, but you know, I was so nervous that I was thinking, I'm not going to remember them. My hand was literally shaking. (laughs) I was like, should I put it down? I tried putting it down. I was like, nope, I need it back up. But I just like... Please, God, don't let me drop the phone. <laughs> but it felt good once you'd finished. Like, the crowd, was, the crowd really loved you. Yeah, I know, but that's because of all my regulars with us. <laughs> Most of them were my regulars. <laughs> so they had to cheer you on. Oh, yeah, no, they had to. So is it safe to say you haven't caught the bug to want to come back and perform again? I do love oh. the adrenaline. Uh-huh. But I don't know if I can do that again. I don't know if it's for me. Really? Yeah. I'm more like, I like working behind the curtain rather than on the stage, you know. Was there anyone, ever anyone else in your family who was in front of the curtain who did anything performative? Oh, all my cousins, like, um, they're in Ireland, they do Irish dancing and they always do big performances, you know, on a big stage. And they do a lot of music as well, so they always perform on stage as well for the music and all that stuff. So distant relatives, they've got the whole performance thing covered. Yeah, they, in my mum's side of the family, they have the performance bug. 
you know they don't, even like I remember going to my granddad dragged me to um, this pub that was doing Irish dancing and he's like I'm like I don't know the steps though I don't know the steps and he's like come on you know you just hold it put your hands out like hold each other's hands and it's just you know you do a simple step and I was just literally my I had two left feet that night I oh. do not have two left feet but that <laughs> night it's just because everybody was there and it's like I'm unfamiliar with this I'm not I was not prepared for this and no just no just yeah. no yeah now I've never really been out clubbing in London. Yeah. Do you have regular spots you like to go to, regular nights of the week you like to go out? Well, I do like um, Heaven. It's a gay club in Soho. I used to go there all the time when I was working in Oxford Street, literally three times a week with my coworker. You know, and the great thing about it, they have two different floors. So one will play like charts, and upstairs will play like R&B. So you can just flip between the floors as you please. You say you'd go after work? Yeah, I used to finish at, we finished at 9.30, we'd head up to GAY Park to have a few drinks and we also get wristbands for heaven. Okay. Because same company, so we'd only be paying a pound or two pound to get in. Nice. Yeah. And, again, never been clubbing in London, what time does everything normally end? Well, usually during the week it'd be 4 o'clock and on Saturdays it would be 5 o'clock in the morning. It'd be starting at 11, usually, till 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning. Would you stay out till 4 or 5 o'clock? Oh, hell yeah. Just on the dance floor the whole time? Yeah. And you wouldn't feel any kind of self-conscious of people around watching you or anything like that? Well, no, you, you do, like, at the beginning because you're like, okay, you know, I'm very, I'm too sober for this. But then at the end of it, you're just like, once you have a few drinks, you're just like, everybody is in the same mood as you. They're not looking at each other, just having a few drinks, enjoying themselves, having a good time. Wow. They're not, they're not, they don't care about what you're doing. You could be, you know, doing the, walking the Egyptian, no one would give a shit. <laughs> Are you walking the Egyptian? <laughs> So you're just like eyes closed, it's getting swelling, it's like cutting loose, laying it all out there. Hell yeah, yeah. How do you feel about the open mic nights we have here? Do you have any favourites? Oh, I love the open mic nights. I do. It just brings a great atmosphere when you're working as well. You know, I, I don't have like, I, I'm very bad at names, so I That's do have a few favourites, but I haven't a clue who they are. Well, here's hoping we have another great night tonight. Nicole, thank you very much for your time. No problem. And let's hope we survive this Friday night. Here's hoping. Yeah, thanks. And that was that. Thank you very much, Nicole, for your time. And that was, yeah, a very interesting story. A different side of the coin to what the open mic can bring. Yes, there are a lot of people. Peter particularly comes to mind from episode 199, who really relished the opportunity to be on stage in front of other people and to perform and feel like the spotlight is them and to get the attention and the adrenaline rush, etc. In fact, last night... We had another newcomer to the stage by the name of Rosanna. And she had been meaning to perform for a while. But last night was the first time she actually did it. And I knew that once she just got over that initial hump of getting on the stage in the first place, she'd catch the bug and want to keep doing it. Whereas with Nicole, I was really grateful when she did perform with me. It was a particularly quiet night when she did. And as she described, she was particularly nervous. She had the phone in her hands. I played the drum, the cajon with her, and I said, it was hey ho, or he ho hey, I can't remember which way around it is, but in that song, if you look out for it, it is by the Lumineers, it was very popular, I want to say about five years ago, it was particularly notable for having the vocal chant of hey, ho, throughout the song, so I was singing that part while she sang the lyrics. And there are some people who have their first performance and they're very nervous, but afterwards they're like, that was great, I can't wait to come back. But with Nicole, as you heard here, she was very nervous, she enjoyed herself, but she realised that wasn't for her. 
And it's interesting that she's been doing dancing for so long. But when I when I asked about performances, I was expecting, as tends to be the case with other conversations, that, oh yeah, I've performed at X and Y and Z, etc. But no, it's very much a personal thing. It's very much therapeutic. It's a form of expression. She even said after we finished recording that it can feel like a diary entry when she dances. And I find that relationship with your art form very intriguing. I think a lot of artists can can a lot of artists can understand that relationship, but they might also have this other impulse to want to share that with the world, whether it's putting it online or trying to get on a stage, etc. But for her it's it's only about expressing yourself and that's all that she's looking for and as I mentioned as well in the episode I have never been one for clubbing I always had the impression that when it comes to London everything shuts about 1am maybe 2 at the latest because after that time traveling home can become a lot more painful it goes from taking the London underground train which could maybe get you home in like an hour to having to take a bus which could make which could turn your journey into a two hour even three hour Oof, pilgrimage to get back home. But 4am on a weeknight, that, that's, that's hardcore. That's, again, a real passion for what it is you're doing. And to just want to dance, just to completely shake loose. I, I can cut loose. That's right, folks. I know I turned 30 recently, but I'm not a complete granddad. Sometimes, oh, no, granddads can cut loose as well. I do have a very strong uncle energy about me. But yes, I have been known to cut loose, but it's been a while since I've really been out clubbing to do it the way Nicole describes. And maybe I should address that at some point, but I can't see it happening anytime soon. Like, I can take to the stage, I will let Nicole take to the dance floor. Thank you once again, Nicole, for your time. Thank you to all who listened. Last night was a fun time. Yes, we had a newcomer in Rosanna. Pete actually returned to the stage as well last night, as well as Sean Savvy and Jay. There are quite a few people who have been on the podcast before who were in the room. We also had a Liverpool game on in the background. So there was a bit of a competition between our volume and theirs. And at the start of the night, I told my performers, look, there's football happening, so there might be some yelling in the background. If they start yelling because someone scores, it's not because someone scored. They're just cheering you on because they're huge fans of your music. So just imagine, as soon as they start randomly yelling, it's just because they really like your music. And there was one performer in particular, Jonathan, who literally, as soon as he finished playing, Liverpool scored a goal. And so there was a a large amount of cheering just as he finished his last song. So, of course, you know, he took that applause in his stride and said, thank you, thank you all so very much. Yeah, it was a really good time. It got a little intriguing. There was a performer who took their shirt off mid-performance, which is very much a first, and to be honest, hopefully a last. But on the whole, it was a great time. So thank you to everyone who came. Thank you once again, Nicole, for talking to me. Thank you all for listening. Once again, the next edition of Saddest Night Out Live is will be on Tuesday, the 20th of August at Road Trip and the Workshop. I will be performing with Izzy, Kinsoul, and Rose White and Jack. Free entry. Go to facebook.com forward slash saddest night out for more details. But that's all from me for now. Let me know how you think about this episode or about the podcast in general, saddestnightout at gmail.com or saddestnightout on most social media. Thank you very much for listening and I'll catch you on the next one. Take care.